0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the
1: world, The Six Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan.
0: The half hour that we talked about, we didn't really rip it apart, we were just, we were looking at parts of it, and just trying to mm-hmm. better understand, like, at first I was, I thought that maybe the movie's not finished, because it has that, uh... Little like missing VFX shot. I was like, okay, well, it doesn't Uh come out till September. Maybe this, maybe I got a rough cut and you know, October Coast just didn't relay that information to me. But as it went on, I was like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. Damn it, right? Right. (laughs) I wish I, if I'd known that at the very onset, I would have been, I would have taken a completely different mindset
1: of watching the movie. Yeah, it's that's a tough moment. Well, it, it's funny because it, I think that's a moment, you were not the first person to think that. Ah, good. <laughs> there have been I'm not, many people I'm not, I'm not that. an idiot then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. And quite honestly, I think it's something, the joke works very differently depending on the venue. You know? Like, it's it's one of those where it's, when I was sending rough cuts to friends and that was still in there, I 100% get why they were like, um, my guy? <laughs> uh but it's sort of like when you see it in in like a theatrical setting or if you have the official dvd i think it works a little better it's at least sort of like the the venue determines that oh at the very least this was intentional <laughs> and that of course is separate of whether the joke works for you but i think that at the very least people understand more that um yeah that it's not a work print. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, we had, we had definitely a couple of festival coordinators call us back and be like, "Hey, so we love the movie. Um, is it done?" <laughs> uh, which was just always a very funny conversation to have.
0: So when, when you were deciding what kind of jokes like that, like the old like grindy house kind of jokes to put in there, did you were they put in, were they thought out beforehand as you were putting the movie together, or did you put them in as you saw needed based on either know budget restrictions or anything like
1: that mm-hmm. well it's funny that joke most of them were written in that joke mm-hmm. in specific was not ah, it okay. was um we were we were actually going to film like a. I mean it was always intended to look shitty so we were going oh, yeah, like um, to <laughs> uh, yeah we were gonna like buy like a car model and like put a stick of dynamite in it or something but i noticed when i was showing it to people that consistently it was the first moment people were laughing like, every time I screened it for people, it, it was the moment that, like, they sort of started to get the movie. Um, and so my thought after a while, we had the money to go back and do the shot, and my thought after a while was, quite frankly, I, I can't really think of a better introduction to it. Because it's sort of like, it's one of those things where it's telling you right up front, this is the movie you're in for. And I've long been an advocate of um for this film. It's kind of like, Look, if you're not enjoying yourself, like, 10, 15 minutes in, turn it off. Like, it's not changing. <laughs> and so it's one of those things where I, the more I thought about that moment specifically, the more I was like, you know, having the title card there, I think, is actually stronger than going and filming, like, a trauma esque thing. Um, effect shot. Uh, the rest of the effects were always pretty much intended to look like that. Like, you know, there, there are some things that don't, quite work out on set or just work out differently than you would imagine so of course you adapt the edit to it but i will say that honestly yeah i'd say like 80 85 percent of the those quote-unquote bad effects moments were intended to be there
0: okay uh the parts for uh china and vietnam where 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 were those filmed (laughs) i'm guessing you didn't really go to china
1: (laughs) (laughs) nope nope and one of my favorite things in the script um in the actual script version, I remember writing like, title card comes up, China, it's obviously fucking New Jersey. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we ended up shooting it in Pennsylvania where my parents live. It's where we were housing the crew and stuff. So we shot the whole movie um, in between the Poconos in the northeast of PA and uh, New York City.
0: Damn, yeah, I was so close. And in the review, I said it looked like it was like uh, Virginia or something like that.
1: So yep, I'm yep. glad I was
0: very close. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're part of a proud lineage of Pennsylvania horror with pretty much George A. Ramiro and, I guess, the scary stories to tell in the dark, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yep, of, that's yeah. where it, it was PA.
0: Um, as far as casting goes, how did you get your cast? Yeah. Because you have some really standout people in this. And like I said in uh, my review with uh, with Brad Jones, is Frankie Mermaid is, is your best character. Oh and my god! That guy yeah. plays that yeah. part to a T. I wish there was more of him in the film because that guy just nails. He he really nails I that I kind of Carl, Carl from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force kind of look.
1: Yes, holy, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what he looks like. So it's funny. Uh, casting this movie was very bizarre. Uh, so the whole thing was that um, I, I had written the only person that I knew was going to be that character from scripting was um, Alyssa as Carol. I had worked with her uh, before on my previous film, Animosity. uh, She she had a small part in that, and as I was working with her, I was like, oh, she's really good. I kind of felt like Animosity underserved her. So when I was writing Velocipaster, I knew she was going to be the female lead. Everybody else was sort of a discovery. Um, Our lead, Greg, uh, worked at a crowdfunding company we tried to get financing through. And uh, we, I had had a male lead from the original trailer, and he dropped out for, for um, family reasons. And uh, this dude from the crowdfunding company was just like, hey, can I send in an audition? And I was kind of like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll take a look. And he sent in a self-tape audition, and he was just incredible. Like, I was immediately like, oh, I'm an idiot. Uh, this guy rules. He's the Velocipastor. bastard." <laughs> Um, And so they were basically our two professionals. Everybody else in the cast was a friend or a member of my family. (laughs) Um, There are no other professional actors in it. Um, And so Frankie Mermaid was a friend from film school. He's another filmmaker. And I had approached him to sort of play this gross pimp character. I didn't even have a name yet. And I was like, hey, Fernando, uh, would you be interested in appearing in Velocipaster? I need a pimp character. And he, he, we were on a call, and he was like, Brendan, I'm going to stop you right there. Here's the thing. My name is Frankie Mermaid. Why is it Frankie Mermaid? Because I'm swimming in bitches. And he just, like, immediately rattles off his backstory. And so I'm just sort of like, you know what, man? Uh, you're cast, and you're writing all of your own dialogue. <laughs> and so he, that is completely his creation. He just took it and ran with it. Um, and I... I the. All my involvement with Frankie Mermaid was to step back and let Fernando do it <laughs> and had I known it was going to be such an an incredible creation, I, I would have written him into more of the movie I agree he's my one of my favorite parts
0: is there is there a chance that you may make a movie that 's just frankie mermaid
1: i'm not saying there's no chance. <laughs> Uh, I think that definitely, I, I will say this, I don't think that's the last we've seen of his character. Ah, good. I don't know if it'll be in a standalone film or a Velocipaster sequel or just another film I make that Frankie shows up in, but yeah, we gotta bring him back. I, I just, there's much more to do. <laughs> uh,
0: were you under any kind of crunch, uh, to get this done? Cause, cause you have quite a few, uh, location shots, you've got mm-hmm. uh, some VFX and then you have a shit ton of costuming. i I can imagine that's that yeah. was kind of um, stressful at
1: times, ah uh, yes and no. Um, I, I mean, the shoot, it's funny, the shoot actually was the smoothest shoot I've ever been on. Like nothing went wrong, which which just kept blowing my mind. I kept waiting for that shoe to drop. <laughs> um, and uh, we you know, we actually like pretty much made our days. It, it was um, there wasn't really any crazy crunch moments um i think that in terms of uh, there was i I remember the one the the ending battle was maybe the only crunch moment because we had to move to new york the next day and uh you know it's entirely exterior that final fight so you're fighting the daylight Mm -hmm. and um definitely at the uh the very very end of it um, I wish we had had a little more time for that, We, and that is the moment that I myself had to get into the dinosaur costume because no one else would fit in it, so I basically told my cinematographer that he was going to be director for the next 45 minutes because we had an hour till sunset and we had to get this shit, so um, so that was pretty much the number one crunch moment was that big ending fight. Go figure! <laughs> Don't schedule the big ending fight for your last day before a location move. Let me tell you that.
0: <laughs> the the dinosaur itself, which is
1: yeah.
0: hilarious when it's when it's shown in full glory, uh, was that entirely scratch made or was it built on top of like some kind of existing dinosaur costume?
1: All right. Funny thing about that. So um, the dinosaur costume within itself, I also consider an extension of my family. <laughs> uh, I've had that costume since 2007. Um, it was, I was in high school and I was like a member of my high school film club. And uh, we, were, we had a budget uh, and they, we were going to make a remake of this really bad 1970s movie called The Last Dinosaur, which I love. And uh, so we, we got the suit. We used school budget to pay for that dinosaur costume. And then uh, the day before we were going to film, our principal came in and he told us that the script was too violent and we couldn't shoot it. But he didn't ask <laughs> for the costume back. <laughs> so uh, the guy who designed it, um, funny enough, he just also lived in the area. But um, funny enough, he went on to like... He's won Emmys and shit. He does makeup for, like, The Walking Dead now. <laughs> so it's funny because, like, that was his attempt back in 2007. And if we make another one and have a little more money, I'd love to see what he would do now. Because, like, you look at his work now and it, it's like, oh, my God, this guy's really good. <laughs> um, So, yeah, that's the dinosaur costume uh, existed well before uh, the movie. <laughs>
0: that should have been one of the selling points on the artwork is that... You had the special effects were by someone by from The Walking Dead, <laughs> yes. and then they see it and they're Emmy. like, "What the fuck are you talking about?"
1: <laughs> Emmy award-winning makeup artist Jason Milani <laughs> will be designing our shitty dinosaur costume. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very bizarre history to that to that uh, particular prop. Um, but yeah, that that was it. It was built from scratch by him. In like like twelve years ago, <laughs> uh,
0: there were two uh, standout moments uh, that we mentioned in our review. Uh, they were the two montages: the uh, the kind of training montage, and then the 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 sexless sex montage. Those yep. had those were very stand out. the The visual effects were very interesting. It, it reminded me like of a, a montage that you'd see in a '90s movie. How did all that come about?
1: Uh, first, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, uh, so I can tell you that I had intended from the beginning to, uh, so, so, okay, it starts with the music and the music I had known from the beginning that I wanted it to be a sort of punk rock, uh, thing, like aesthetic, um, mostly influenced by this anime called FLCL, which has this incredible soundtrack that's all by this alt rock band. And I just remembered thinking, even like 15 years later, it just felt so alive and so sort of scrappy. And I wanted to emulate that. So I'm knew i knew friends with all these bands um, from having been in a band, and I just really genuinely loved their music. So it was the kind of thing where I, I started just by knowing and listening to the songs again and again and again. Um, I will tell you that the sex scene in particular, I'll be real with you, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. I The one thing I knew was that I wanted it to be... Like, like the obvious joke in your stupid dinosaur movie is for the sex scene to be, like, really explicit and puerile and, like, it's going to pan over and he has a dino dick or, like, something like that, you know? Something you and expect like, in a trauma movie. <laughs> exactly. And so my thought was, like, what if that's the one scene we play straight where it's, like, this actually, like, tender kind of, like... And it's the one scene that maybe we can flex our muscles and show that, like, oh, we actually know what we're doing. Because I was kind of afraid that people would see the movie and just assume I was an idiot <laughs> and, and just sort of not know how much of it was, was intentional, you know. And so that was one of the few moments that I was like, we make the hell out of this scene. Um, but I, I, when we were, got to shooting it, I still hadn't found the song for it. And so it was when we were, um, I just shot like a shit ton of footage and I I trusted myself to find it in editing. Um, So right after we wrapped, I had to fly to Latvia (laughs) um, for a month for another film. And I was editing in Latvia and just listening to a lot of music to kind of like ground myself and remind myself of home. And I chanced upon that Matt the Band song because my uh, cinematographer had just finished up a music video for it. And the more I listened to it, the more I was like... There's something kind of sexy about this song. <laughs> like I don't know what it is. There's something in the beat that I was like, this is a, this is a tender fuck song. <laughs> and so I just sort of uh, shut myself in a room for like four or five days uh, with that song and that footage, and it came out the other side with what you see. It was just a matter of of figuring out how to make the scene visually interesting and also make the scene what I needed it to be, which was sort of an emotionally grounding moment, and also a, a moment of a sex scene like you hadn't seen it done before. Like, I really wanted to try something new and different. So, um, yeah, that that was sort of the genesis of both of those. And the training montage I just thought was fun. I was just sort of like, yo, what if we just keep throwing frames on the screen <laughs> and, and just get a lot of shots of Greg in the gym? <laughs> Uh, and so I'm very happy with how that one turned out too. I love that song as well. Uh,
0: the, the fight choreography, uh, (laughs) what was that like to get done with a, with a man in a dinosaur costume?
1: Well, the funny thing is, uh, the actors, when they were just the actual Greg and Alyssa fighting the stunt team, they they like really, really worked at like learning the choreography and stuff. They Mm -hmm. ran themselves through all those paces. When you're in the dinosaur costume, it's important to understand that you are completely blind, completely deaf, and only have about six minutes to do anything before you have to get out. (laughs) Like, you can barely breathe in it. I I almost fainted when I was in it, the one run I did. And so for that ending fight, there's really no way you can choreograph with that suit. So I basically said to the stunt team... um, we're going to put the actor in there and uh, you guys have to make this work (laughs) because you're, he's just basically going to flail around blind and you're going to have to be the people that are like making this look good essentially, you know? Um, So that I will say anytime the dinosaur costume was having to fight anything, that is a testament to the other actors that it's even anywhere close to anything. (laughs) Because it, it genuinely, you you cannot see in it. It's not like there are clandestine eye holes or anything. It's like you are blind. So, uh, yeah, it was just sort of flailing and jumping around in a dinosaur costume and letting the stunt team do their work.
0: Uh, what's the reception been? Aside from <laughs> what we said about it, what has the reception been overall, aside from a couple of assholes on a, <laughs> on a, on a, r- on a rando uh, YouTube channel? <laughs>
1: No, no, no. It's it's I I knew from the very beginning it was not a movie for everybody. <laughs> um, and I will say that like honestly, it's uh it's been overwhelmingly very positive. It's a it's a very love it or hate it movie. So there are people that just genuinely dig the hell out of it. And um, we showed in uh, Texas, and there was a there was a person there that had flown herself down from where we played in Chicago five days earlier because she wanted to see it again. <laughs> Um, it's like that's the level of love some people have for it. Um, and uh, I think that, that it, it it's polarizing. It's sort of like there are the people that really, really love it and think that it's like the most genius thing ever. And then there are people that are just very angry that it exists <laughs> um, and just sort of do not want this to be part of their world. <laughs> Um, and then there's the, you know, of course, in the middle, there's the 3.5 out of fives that are kind of like, you know, it's pretty good. I wish it had more money. <laughs> and so somewhere in between there is, uh, I think, where where the general consensus has fallen. I will say it skews much more positive than negative, which I've been very happy about um, and proud of. I will also say I do not begrudge people the negative reviews. Like honestly, I don't. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I. I showed this movie to my grandfather, a deeply Catholic gentleman, (laughs) and let me tell you, he was not amused. He 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 watched it in stone-faced silence for 75 minutes, got up like quiet as the grave, looked around the room, and just said, "So anyway, what's for dinner?" (laughs) And that was his review. And I was like, "Oh, all right, well, sorry, Grandpa." uh but I, generally people have been very positive and i've been very happy about that uh
0: that's one of the reasons why i try not to screen films before i have to talk to either the actors or um or filmmakers because it, i i don't want to go in like having an opinion of the movie i just kind of want to go in blind and just talk about it but unfortunately yeah. we just we just had to review it because it was just such oh, a totally it was such a thing
1: <laughs> that it yeah. couldn't be ignored yeah. It and, truly uh, has become a thing, much yes. to my shock, but but here we are. <laughs> um
0: uh, have have no, you okay. thought about um yeah. like sending it to the Dove Foundation to see how many doves
1: they'd give you? Whoa! <laughs> now I have. <laughs> uh yes, that is a thing I a human will actually do. <laughs> Zero like negative like five dead doves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'd like to see like what their what their review would be like it's just like there's oh, nothing i would be
1: fascinated <laughs> well because i will say um just getting back to the uh the reception overall again um i will say that honestly uh i, I went into this movie not i i didn't go into this movie being like yo fuck the catholic Church," sure. you know like that wasn't my intention we're just all here to have a good time. I am not religious, but I do not, like, judge people for being religious. You do you. Just don't proselytize at me, and we're cool. And I will say that most of the religious community that's seen it loved it. And, and like, w- when we were in Texas, there was, like, a, a real pastor named J.R. that took us all out to Texas barbecue the next day and wanted to, like, talk, like, theology and also, like, the movie one of the coolest dudes i've ever met and just really loved the movie it's just sort of like a very slim margin of people that are like very uh i I guess sensitive like like they just don't want anybody to make light of any aspect of it and they are the ones that are much more sort of um dicks about it And it's it's always a little disappointing because I, I that genuinely was not the impression. Like even in positive reviews, where I've seen people be like, "Yo, this guy's gonna piss off a lot of Christians." It's like I, I I hope I don't. <laughs> like I just I don't, I just wanted people to have a nice time. I'm not here to be like. Yo, and actually, so it's it's been interesting. Most religious people that have seen the movie, though, have if they did not like it, it had nothing to do with the fact that he was a pastor.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, it's not pastor. it's not like you made something like called like Jesus Christ baby rapist or something like that.
1: Exactly, it's, exactly. It, it, it's like the Catholicism blind... is not the
0: main focus.
1: No, and there's like one or two sort of like you know sideline jokes about it but it it was it was actually a a thing for me in writing where i was like let's not make any like pedophile priest jokes you know like it's just it's just kind of obvious (laughs) and i was like i just don't think i would find it funny i want to find like the weird shit uh like what 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 are the weird things we can make funny um that don't involve like you know actual uh bad
0: thing. <laughs> yeah. You're not telegraphing anything. You're just... Yeah, I, I like yeah. that the, the the stories of the characters themselves was actually about the characters, not about the labels that they bear. You know? Like, exactly. I wasn't expecting exactly. to get a backstory of the one character in Vietnam, and that just came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah. I thought he would just be yep. thrown away, but then we got an actual
1: legitimately funny backstory. Tragic, that but is... fucking hilarious. Thank you. I will tell you that that, the Vietnam sequence is my favorite sequence in the movie. I think it is so funny. And I I don't know why, but just... uh, Well, funny thing, that guy, the older priest with the mustache is my dad. Oh, really? (laughs) My my real-life dad. He does not act. I cast him in the movie because I assumed he would be terrible. Um, But he plays it so straight. (laughs) I know! He's really good! (laughs) And I was as surprised as anybody. I was sort of like, oh, well, good job, Dad. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I love Vietnam. I, I think it is just, I, I don't know. I, I love that sequence of the movie that goes nowhere and basically tells you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my
0: my last question, which is, uh, of course, the, the most important question, is uh, where and when will people be able to see this for themselves?
1: I can tell you, I'm very excited that it is in fact tomorrow. Um, oh, really? I thought it was in August, September. Really? The Blu-ray, the Blu-ray comes out in September. Ah, um, oh, okay. So th- there was a, the, uh, th- we couldn't get the blu rays manufactured in time to hit the street date, so it staggered mm-hmm. a little. I-, I believe it's September seventeenth for the Blu-ray, but it's August thirteenth okay. for the. Uh, film on VOD and streaming and uh, DVD. So I am very, very excited tomorrow to drive myself to Amoeba Records and see if I can find it. <laughs> it has been a very long time coming and I want to hold it in my goddamn hands. So, so yeah, tomorrow. Or, or I mean, it probably won't be when this is posted, but uh, August 13th. All right.
0: Uh, Brendan, thank you very much. Thanks for being a good sport about our review. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, uh, and what what else do you have coming up for us?
1: <laughs> well, um, I can tell you right now, I, I've been very busy just trying to promote this. Uh, I, I think the, the the wave of Internet um, fervor kind of caught us all off guard um, a, 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 in a good way, in the way that the Internet will occasionally take your life and flip it upside down. <laughs> and in this way, it was in a positive sense. Um I'm working on a couple of things right now that I'm going to get off the ground hopefully pretty soon. I can tell you that the reason I drove to San Francisco was to write the uh, Velocipastor 2. (laughs) So soon I will have that script because, my God, do I want to go back to that weird, weird world. (laughs) So um, I don't know if that will be what's next, but I know that it's something I'm interested in pursuing. And uh, beyond that, I have a couple of unproduced scripts that I'm working on right now, uh, just trying to get funding and get things moving forward. So I unfortunately cannot give any more details than that because, you know, the way movies work is you, you don't, you don't announce your next movie until you actually have the money from the investor because <laughs> a million things can happen and you can like, uh, things can fall out for any number of reasons. So, so yeah. Um, until then I'm just trying to promote this film and, uh, you know, living, living my life. It's, uh, I, I think we've, we've, uh, it, 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 I'm I'm ready to take like a week off and just enjoy the fact that I I I made a thing that momentarily lit the internet aflame. <laughs> so I'm I'm very excited to sort of just uh, I don't know watch Netflix or something for a couple of days <laughs> uh, and just sort of chill out.
0: And uh, that was the first article I wrote about Velocity uh, Pastor when I saw the poster. Was it is a thing and I have the poster to prove it. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it. It just came out of nowhere. And I was like, I, I cannot not write about this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm, it, it was just, it, it, it was truly one of those things where it was a surreal process kind of realizing we went viral. Cause of course, like there's that sort of defeatist part of your brain that keeps telling yourself like, well, you know, it's Monday, but by Wednesday people won't be talking about it because of the internet. And, um, there was a moment where like two weeks went by and I was still kind of telling myself that. And I had had to turn off Twitter notifications and stuff. And uh, finally I was like, no, I think it might just be doing well. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's been a kind of surreal feeling. We shot this back in 2016. So even just the delay of it is kind of surreal. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah. If you, if you do, if you do get around to making the sequel, do pitch it to Pure Flix to see what they'll okay. say. I, I'd like to Absolutely. see if they put it right up there next to God's Not Dead. Oh, oh. Uh, one can only dream to reach such heights. <laughs> and maybe at that point, you'll get, like, Kevin Sorbo to agree to uh, guest oh, star in it. Oh,
1: hell yeah. I just saw, oh my god, like two weeks ago, I saw this fucking repulsive movie he made called, um, Let There Be Light. It, it's, a uh, oh my god, it, it, if, if people out there have not seen Let There Be Light, steal it, don't pay for it, <laughs> and um, please, please tweet at me your, your thoughts, because I, I have a lot of things to say about Let There Be Light, um, very few of them positive.
0: Yeah, almost uh, every one of those movies, like uh, God's Compass, and God's Not Dead, uh, 1, 2, 3, and 5, and... Uh, uh-huh like war room war room is probably the worst one because at the end it pretty much just tells you to go to war with people that are not the same religion as you
1: oh that seems very very like you know loving and accepting just like jesus <laughs> might, you know <laughs> yeah i,
0: I want to sit in my closet and drop plans of how i'm going to incite <laughs> a terrorist attack to bring jesus back yeah it's
1: uh-huh. fantastic cinema <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah, faith-based movies are a special hell unto themselves. I'm not going to lie to you. And once again, it's funny. It has nothing to do with actual Christian people. It's just that these movies are just so awful. There are, like, deeply religious movies that are incredible, like Martin Scorsese's Silence, um, Andre Rublev by Tarkovsky. These are, like, deeply Christian films that are incredible pieces of art. And then you have god's not dead and it's just like what are you doing you just have
0: exploitation. Yeah. that's basically all it is yeah
1: oh man i like that actually <laughs> but but yeah anyway man thank you so much for uh for reaching out this was a lot of fun
0: You've been listening to the Six Sense Media Podcast. You can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our movie, TV, and video game coverage at sixsense.com and fanbolt.com.